Hey, welcome to episode 125 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We are recording July the 25th, 2021. My name is Eric, host of the show, based in Southern Ontario. I'm a hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and as and of course, computer geek. Uh, as a first responder, I witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events and started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. My name is Ian, and I live on Vancouver Island. I'm a student preparedness uh, target shooter, and my farm is de designated mediocre handyman. I'm Jeff, based in central Ontario. I'm a target shooter, soon-to-be ham radio operator, and general overall handyman. And we'll have Scott joining us here shortly once he gets his tech stuff sorted out. Yeah, you just got to get those hamsters running a little faster or something. Yeah, yeah. All right, want to help support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air? You can buy some swag. We have both the Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt and the tactical Velcro patch at prepperpodcast.ca. All proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. We also want your feedback, good or bad, or just if there's a topic you want us to cover. You can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right, so we've got some intensely low-pressure content for you in this episode. Oh, yeah, 125, the dad jokes are still going strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to start off with some preparedness-related news articles. Well, you know, what we've done for our preparedness uh, since the last episode, then we're going to get into the main topic, tornado awareness and possibly sharknadoes and firenadoes. There's all kinds of fun coming at you tonight. Here's hoping. Let's move into the news, <laughs> shall we? Alrighty, I got one from, uh, let's see here, at blogto.com, and uh, it says, Premier Doug Ford promises that he is 99% sure there will never be another lockdown in Ontario. Sure, Doug. <laughs> Does anybody actually believe that? I'll believe it when it happens. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah usually it's the exact opposite of what you hear in the headlines anyways, but uh, that's, that's a pretty bold statement coming from a politician on every other... I guess jurisdiction around the world seems to be going back into another lockdown during their their cold season, like Australia and stuff right now. But anyway, well, here's open. Ninety nine percent. Ninety nine percent. That's he's pretty darn sure. So what he's saying is he's there's a chance. It's kind of like Dumb and Dumber there, you know. So there's a one percent chance there will be another lockdown. I guess. Anyway, um, the second one I had completely unrelated to the first news story. Uh, Department of Homeland Security is now offering a course uh, for people that are in law enforcement or various governments to take that will teach them how to quarantine unvaccinated rural Americans. So they're planning on rural, basically quarantining of large populations and wide areas. Hmm. <laughs> Just in time. Well then. Hmm. Just yeah. in time for a 99% sure there's no other lockdowns. Yeah, exactly. So like anyway, so uh, mm -hmm. I have the links in the show notes there to, for people to read. But yeah, very interesting in the fact that kind of uh, two opposing ideas there. Yeah, that is interesting. Like I said, hopefully uh, hopefully the 99% is correct and we don't have to see another lockdown because I certainly don't want to see one. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, Denny in the live chat here finally making it out to a live show. So uh, welcome and glad you could make it. Oh. Um, so I've got a news article here in regards to air quality statement issued as the wildfire smoke returns to uh, eastern Ontario. So I noticed that this morning waking up, um, the, uh, there was definitely a haze in the in the air, and uh, yeah, we're starting to see the uh, the smoke from the wildfires that are happening. And I looked at a map, and there, there's a lot of wire wildfires happening in Ontario right now. I didn't realize there were so many. But there's a there's a ton. So we're are they all like? 
I, I think they've evacuated what four or five northern reserves, like yeah. totally clean evacuated them right out. Yep. Um, is it all like north of the French River type of thing, or is there some in like, yeah. southern Ontario as well? I think most are north of the French River. Oh, okay. I don't, uh, I'm not sure that there's any south of it. I don't. I don't think there's anything south. Yeah. I was trying to make a joke. Maybe if the winds were coming from the south, maybe it's just Toronto blowing their pollution up. But I guess it's pretty serious. So yeah, it's a different color. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fair. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's it's a green smog versus you know like a white fire smoke. So, uh, but it's uh, yeah, there's a lot. I guess they brought a bunch of uh, firefighters from Mexico in to help fight everything, and it's uh, they're starting to do the whole relief thing. So it's getting rough, but uh, we're starting to see the uh, the smoke down this way. So. Yeah, it's funny because we've got tons of fires happening over here as well, but I'm luckily upwind of it all. Like the prevailing winds are westerly, so I'm you can't go much further west than, than myself. So we're hmm. actually like clear skies and decent weather, and I guess, but you go like 50, 60 miles to the east, and it's just, you know, almost zero, zero in fog. and Or not fog, but in smoke, and it's just like insane, I guess. Uh, well, Carmen, one of our future guests here, she was just telling me that uh, I guess they're like they're smoked out in their valley too in the central interior, so... Yeah, not not good in a lot of places. Well, ma- mailman in the live chat here says, "Sorry about the smoke. He had to start his wood stove." So, well, these things happen. Yeah, it does. Yep, it is what it is. Yeah. So I've got a news article here, but before I make a comment, just uh, I'll do the usual because I don't want anybody tearing into me later. I am not a uh, COVID denier. I'm not an anti-masker. I'm not an anti-vaxer. Whatever. I just have some questions about how things have. Uh, happened or been reported or whatever. So uh, this is a link to uh, an article from directly from the Centers for Disease Control um, in the United States. And it basically talks about uh, changes that are coming to the COVID uh, PCR testing. So basically, the uh, as of the end of the year, they're going to withdraw the emergency use authorization for the present uh pcr test and they're just kind of letting the companies know about that uh but funny that and and one of the the things that caught me is i've always questioned you know like i said COVID is real but what happened to flu what happened to you know influenza you know we all of a sudden went from thousands of deaths a year to zero and that just didn't make sense to me so anyways in this document where they're talking about um alerting the companies they say you know that the cdc recommends clinical laboratories and testing sites that have been using their uh test begin their transition to another fda authorized covid 19 test the cdc encourages laboratories to consider adoption of a multiplexed method that can facilitate here's the key part detection and differentiation of the sars cov2 and influenza virus so sorry folks everybody who attacked me when i said you know what happened to the flu what happened to and they're like well it's because we're wearing a mask and we're washing our hands no it's because the cdc's admitted the test can't tell it'll give you a positive but it can't tell you whether it's influenza or covid so of course to the government and everybody else well then it has to be covid so it'll be interesting to see after the end of the year what happens to some of those numbers. And, you know, I, I'm speculating about what may or may not kind of never make the media. But anyways, they put it out there and hmm. it, it is what it is. I, I think the test is ridiculous, but that's just my opinion. 
Well, it's interesting. They went from a simplex to recommending a duplex method of detection, right? And like you said, they they can't differentiate between one or the other or both. And so, yeah, that was a little bit of an anomaly seeing zero flu cases last year. So, um, very very interesting to see this year. I bet you'll just be without much fanfare. They'll just have a return of the regular flu season, and that'll be that. But ninety nine percent sure there's going to be no lockdowns. Ninety nine percent sure. Yeah. 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 Scott, you got any news for us? Uh, no, did I miss anything about carbon monoxide? Uh, oh, eight oh yeah, thirty-one it. seconds in. Give it time. <laughs> Give it time. Oh, Scott, uh, really? Well, no, you're just in time to tell us what you've done lately for prep, Scott. So go true. for it. Yeah, yeah. Now you got your pigeons well, all lined up. I have had a busy week. Uh, so on uh, on Sunday, last podcast, after we talked about those tornadoes, Barry. Come Monday, we have a crazy intense storm here, rain you can't see through, and uncomfortable large amounts of lightning. Uh, and we had about 50-plus trees broken. Uh, some of them, the whole root ball is torn out. Uh, other broken 10, 15, 20 feet up the trunk. Uh, it was really quite impressive. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if it counts as a microburst or a downburst, but uh, there was a whole lot of damage. Uh, thankfully, there's no apparent damage to the house, so that's good. That being said, the wire that uh, carries my connection goes through one of the root balls and was pulled as tight as guitar strings. <laughs> that might explain why my connection is a little loud today. Uh, good news, I had to chainsaw a whole bunch of firewood, uh, cocked a leaky window that the storm showed. Uh, I had also planted some pitos in a backfield. Uh, just to try and let go wild and see what happened. Uh, they were dug up and full of bugs, so oh well, but fun to try. On the fun side, I did do more canning and made some raspberry jam this time, so that worked out well. Very nice. And I just did some food prep. I was uh, down at my mom's trailer last week and basically took a whole cooler full of already prepped food so I didn't have to cook down there. So I just uh, replenished everything that I uh, used and rotated my fuel stock. Very nice. So uh, for myself, purchased a uh, G5 RV antenna off of uh, Amateur Radio Swap uh, Facebook page there. Uh, so got a good deal on it. Couldn't say no. And was looking for something to, to set up here and play around with. So want to make some improvements to my, my HF abilities. Uh, started canning. So... Uh, did some blueberry jam. We took the little guy out uh, berry picking the other day and we got the, the smallest thing of blueberries they had was not small. So we, we came home with a lot of blueberries, but uh, I made a whole bunch of jam out of, out of it, but we still have a lot left. So uh, started building my portable ham box. So purchased a battery uh, for it. And I'm just going to do it in small stages of buying bits and pieces for it as I go. Uh, so I grabbed a little 12 volt, uh, 15 amp hour Mighty Max battery. So it's a sealed uh, lead acid battery, and that's going to be running everything. And uh, as I free up a few more funds, I will uh, purchase the additional things to uh, to put in the box. But I figure power is important. I'll start there. Awesome. Actually, yeah, I got a bunch of stuff out of I just can't wait for it to show up from AliExpress. But that could be like three days to five months for it to show up. But and here's the battery here if anybody's curious. So. Ooh. Yeah, nothing crazy, but um, quick question there: the uh, blueberries, Berry Hill Farms. Aha! How'd you know? Uh, I took my kids there a bunch of times too. Yeah, it's fantastic. 
Yeah, no, it's the the hay rides make it, and the little chickens chasing the the hay wagon mm-hmm. and everything else. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Actually, that's what got us into chickens. Believe it or not, was watching those chickens oh. chase the trailer. Look at that! And we thought it was like a miniature <laughs> miniature Jurassic Park type of thing. Yep. And yeah, it was pretty <laughs> awesome. So, Very all nice. right, uh, you guys want to take a drink? Well, I uh, I do this. We're just gonna mute you and carry on with the show. Is what we're gonna do. Oh, okay. Well, cool. I'll just start <laughs> talking then. As for myself, here we go. Uh, so obviously last week I missed the show. So first of all, apologies to the listeners. Um, I actually had a legit emergency come up mid show. It was kind of amazing. So, uh, mm-hmm. get back to that in a second, but, uh, see here, I serviced the big Jenny. Uh, so I had to rotate the gas in the tank, which had been sitting in the tank for probably six months. So it was time to just drain it completely and start over. Um, and up needing to charge the battery, quick, do a quick test run. And during the test run, the ignition switch broke, which runs the starter, turns it on and off, just like a car. So believe it or not, I tried a local machine shop, for lack of a better term, like a small engine shop, and they just kind of laughed at me and you know mentioned something about Chineseium or something anyway. And so, uh, yeah, I contacted Champion Canada in Burlington, Ontario. And believe it or not, within an hour of me doing an online purchase, uh, they had it uh shipped they had a tracking number to me it arrived like three days later all the way over from ontario already got it installed in the in the generator like fantastic and it was cheap like crazy cheap so i think even their shipping was eight bucks to cross the country like wow yeah that's good yeah anyway um so the farm tractor also known as the quad had to do an oil change uh i just discovered like five minutes ago before the show started that i actually I don't know I need to do something. I got a little oil leak going on. I don't know if it's the filter or the bottom pl- plug, but I haven't even unpacked it off the truck yet today. So, anyways, got to deal with an oil leak there. But I did fix the start issue thanks to the Island Mentor. Um, I couldn't get the thing to start regularly. I thought it was the battery kept on going or something, but it turns out that the starter motor itself was kind of messed up, and uh, I could start dropping terms like commutator and brushes and stuff like that. But really, I'm just talking on my ass. I don't really know what I'm talking about, so I'll leave that one alone. Um, <laughs> Did the Mark Petroni show, I guess, about a week ago. Um, it was the last Thursday air. So uh, that was pretty cool. He Once again, he gave me like half an hour to talk about prepping on, on the radio. So fantastic, fantastic guy. And I think he's interested too. Like he's just, uh, I think he he's wants to get the word out for people. Oh, 100% he's interested. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see here. My, my up some rice and lentils we had bought from Costco. So just want to put those in long-term storage. As of this morning, I finished the Finnish Reserve uh, military march that was uh, called the Resul March. Uh, other guys from Patriot Podcast and a bunch of other New Shooter Canada and I think First Vocal Plane Podcast all kind of uh, tried to participate in it. And the whole idea is you're supposed to do at least 10 kilometers over four days. Over 40 kilometers over the four days gets you a little bit of a higher level. And so the guys from Patriot wanted to do 10, 10, 10, and 25 just to kind of show the Finns what's what. So... My daughter, who's back at the house, um, again, we'll get back to that in a second. She decided to do 10, 10, 10, and 33 this morning just to show up the Patriot podcast, guys. So <laughs> that was nice. good. Anyway, um, renewed my uh, Ham Radio Club membership. So I'm a full-fledged hmm. member of the local Ham Radio Club. Nerd. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. Yeah. Anyways, but that's good. Good bunch of guys. Uh, let's see here. So uh, as far as bailing last episode... So basically, I got a uh, distress code word right in the middle of the show. That's why I had to just drop everything and go. Um, long story short, daughter got ta- caught up in a domestic situation in her rental apartment, and it required immediate extraction. But uh, I ended up having to utilize 
my code words. Uh, she got to utilize, or I got to utilize the mag, which uh, managed to help pick her up and extract her from the situation as soon as humanly possible after she finished dealing with police and applying first aid. Uh, she got to use her first aid course that she had taken as a kid. Um, she ended up using her go bag, which was hidden underneath her bed, and she just grabbed that and went and grabbed all the, uh, the critical stuff. And then she was also able to use her uh, instant observation skills, like during an emergency, uh, while dealing with police. So fantastic! Uh, we were really yeah. proud of her. She did all the right things, and uh, everybody gave her a big pat on the back. But unfortunately, that meant she was homeless from then on in. So mm-hmm. pulled her back to the island. So uh, she's been on the island for a week again. But uh, food supply is down by twenty five percent, unfortunately for me. But you know, <laughs> we'll get over that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she found another place. She's going back there you know, in a couple of days. So um, other than that, then I just uh, finished off. I've been putting it off for months. I should have had it done back in May, but I just finally got it done yesterday was uh, the chimney sweep. So I got to do a little role playing with the wife. I pretended I was Dick Van Dyke. She pretended she was Julie Andrews. You know, things got carried away. I ended up sweeping the chimney, you know, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, long story short, the fireplace is good to go. All vacuumed up for next year. And I think that is it. Sure. Sounds quick. Pretty, pretty sure. That was two weeks worth, right? Yeah, I can keep going if you want. But. <laughs> no, no, no okay. I'm going to jump into the new segment. All right, <laughs> yeah, let's enough. do that. <laughs> okay. So, let's, let's, uh, okay, so uh, we have a new segment called the Wide Area Mag, or the WAM. And uh, basically, he was saying that we all love learning things, and while there's some very intelligent people around here, you know, myself excluded, uh, there are lots of smart people out there with skills and talents greater than ours. So we want to learn from you. So we'd love to hear you uh, from you at feedback at purplepodcast.ca. For example, who doesn't love beef jerky? So we'd love to talk about food dehydration. So anybody that wants to talk about food dehydration, open invite. You're welcome to come on anytime. And same thing, we're going to be introducing new topics as we go on. But we want like subject matter, I'll say experts, but people that know more than we do about various things. Uh, for example, Scott was mentioning that he has a friend uh, with South African connections, and they take their very preps very seriously. So we want to hear from preppers around the world. Like we heard one, uh, we had feedback from Sweden there a couple of years, uh, weeks ago, and that was fantastic. Love to hear more from that. So uh, please uh, pipe in and we'd love to have you on the show. So the we want to increase the wide area mag. So let's do this. I think it's going to be fun. With that, shall we move into the main topic? All right, so uh, I found out that Sharknadoes aren't really a thing, so I guess we can't really talk about them per se tonight. There, look behind me, and there's one right there. Yeah, uh, it's totally a thing. You know, I don't know what's actually more <laughs> depressing, the fact that they made a Sharknado movie, but or the fact they made Sharknado sequels. Hmm. I, I would have thought that that movie would have died on the vine, but anyway. No, it's terrifying. Yeah. Then I actually made a joke about fire NATOs, and of course, Alan decided to like rain on my parade and actually tell me that's actually a thing. So, like, thanks yeah. for the nightmare fuel there, Alan. But yeah, well, well ranting about carbon monoxide, of course. <laughs> yeah, carbon monoxide give off. I yeah. think it would be huge from a fire NATO. But I would think it would um, be, yeah. we actually, I think we mentioned on a news segment once that somebody actually had a fire NATO down in California, but I didn't really take it too seriously. But yeah. I guess when you think about it, if there's a bunch of air rushing in, and it all meets in the same place. It's going to swirl around and create the same thing as a tornado, but with with, with added fire. So it's true. Yeah. Anyway, but first, let's talk about the uh, the elephant. Yeah, it's it's the, it's the extreme heat of the fire. Like you say, draws the air in. The extreme heat rises. It shoots up so fast that actually creates a vortex. Yeah, it's like an intense low pressure, right? So same yep. idea. Um, yeah. Anyways, back to the elephant in the room here, which is tornadoes. 
Uh, why are we talking about Trinidad today? Because having lived there for 13 years, I can honestly say Barrie is Canada's uh, trailer park. And you know what tornadoes yep. and trailer parks are like. Did mm -hmm. I say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, okay, in all seriousness, actually, I uh, was looking at CBC News, and I saw on the front page of the CBC News article, there was actually a buddy of mine from work uh, taking a picture of a devastated home. So, of course, I immediately contacted him and his family, made sure he was okay, and it turns out he was just a lucky loo, but he... Um, Still, it does hit close to home in the fact that, hey, that could have been a buddy of mine that got damaged from a tornado. So it's pretty serious business. And, uh, yeah, there was a lot, of, a lot of damage there. So I thought we should uh, talk about it tonight. Did you ever get a final tally from uh, damages and uh, injuries and stuff, Derek? Uh, I heard 11 people injured was the last I heard. And a whole ton of houses just damaged. I haven't heard a, a final tally yet. Uh, admittedly, I have been watching it too closely in the news, but that's the last I heard. Yeah, no, that that's that's what I heard too. Was eleven people injured? So luckily, no fatalities. Um, it sounds like there were, uh, I believe, three or four um, guys that were. So right behind this subdivision is construction, and they, for whatever reason, decided to hunker down in the construction trailer. Not a good idea, and it got demolished uh, and tossed around, but they survived. Um, good. So, yeah, one of my uh, ex-co-workers uh, lost her house. Serious damage, and so they're they're going to be out for quite a while. It was, uh, it was not a good scene, but again, everybody survived. You can always rebuild a house. You can't rebuild your life, so. Yep. That's true. Um couple things here uh, from Freya. Uh, every parent should teach their kids how to handle emergency situations. Yeah, no, absolutely. I am yeah. happy. A lot of a lot of what I must have been barking at her for years must have sunk in, so that was good. And uh, I, you know, I don't think she'll ever admit it, but you know, kids. Yep. Anyways, uh, Woodpendle also mentions the fact there's uh, that he's working in a metal medical lab right now, and we have had a test that differentiates between the flu uh, reserve. I don't know what that is. RSV. Uh, respiratory syndrome viruses, maybe, and COVID-19. It's a very specific test, and yes, the flu is still out there. So um, be interesting Good to see if they can get that test out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I did, the question would be how many how many are using that that same test and how many are just using the standard, yes, it's a positive or negative, so. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, the, the media loves the, uh, the, the fear-mongering, right, so they're going to make sure that, and the medical industry thrives, they get more money down in the States by having COVID-positive tests, so it's, it's, a, it's an industry. Yep. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yep. uh, Freya mentions if you're not prepping for a Sharknado, you're not prepping right. 100%. <laughs> yep. Prep for the worst. Prep for the West, worst, hope for the best. Just because there hasn't been one yet, that's the oh, media it's, won't happen. Oh, it's going to happen. All right, uh, back to the serious business here. Uh, when we start talking Fs, and we're not just talking about swear words, uh, we want to refer to the Fujita scale. And now it's uh, because just like DOS, everything has got to get better. Uh, it's the enhanced Fujita scale we're using now. So when we mentioned F5s, F4s and stuff, it's basically on a scale from 0 to 5. Um, to give you some reference, in Edmonton, where I was actually growing up at the time, we had the F4 hit in 1987, and boy, oh boy, I was on the far side of Edmonton from where it actually hit, and it was pretty noticeable even where I was. Um, it's a big one. Uh, in 1985, Barry again had a F4, same size as the Edmonton mm -hmm. one, which at that time, the scale meant that they had to have at least 420 kilometers an hour winds in order to qualify for an F4. So, wow. wow. 
Barry, no, just do you ever get the feeling like nobody likes you up, up, up high there? I don't know what's going on there. Anyway, um, and now this one here, this tornado, which honestly still looked pretty devastating, was only in mm-hmm. EF2, like enhanced Virginia yep. scale 2, which puts us in like 180 to 220 kilometers an hour range, which is still sounds like a hurricane as far as yep. wind speed goes, but very it's still localized. Still stupid fast. Yeah, it's just very localized, unlike a hurricane, yep. but I mean, still, it's pretty crazy. So uh, I did put a link in the show notes there with the um, uh, Fuji Dib wind scale from the government of Canada uh, in there, the show notes. But yeah, it's, it, it's a thing. So, it's out on the chat now as well for anybody that wants it. Right on. Um, so first off, I guess uh, with anything else, uh, unlike most emergencies that come up, you can't say you don't really have warnings with these ones. Like um, yeah. there's a couple of different ways to get warnings. Uh, one I want to mention that before Eric t- touches it is the uh, <laughs> Environment Canada frequency, which is usually 162, 425, uh, available on your bow fangs. Mm-hmm. Or just anything like the little hand crank radios usually have a weather uh, or Environment Canada uh, link to the, yep. the frequency. But uh, yeah, you can always, uh, you know, get yourself a backup radio or even a. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. There's a cell phone app that will do the same thing, right? Oh yeah, there's a, there's an app for everything now. Yeah, emergency preparedness Canada I think puts out an app yeah. that says that uh, you got a severe weather warning. Yep. I know the Weather Network does the same thing. Yep, pretty much any weather app that you have on your phone will have the the warning built into it, where it'll get the Environment Canada warning uh, sent out to your phone. So yeah, it's always handy. And I guess I'd like a hurricane where they have a few days notice of it coming. Um, you know, like when a tornado warning or tornado or hazard exists, it's not really like it's it's happening fast, right? It's like you're talking very like, fast. Yeah, to develop to almost uh, petered out is like minutes. Yep. So uh, this is just me but, being. A- but again, you, you, it's not that you didn't know the severe storm was coming, and I mean. Most yeah. most of these these storms, like you say, a hurricane or whatever, usually the local weather, whatever, is going to tell you two days in advance. Hey, on Wednesday we're looking at a pretty serious outbreak coming. You, you can't say yeah. you shouldn't have been at least partially prepared. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I mean, like you know, it's hard for me to say that in a place that doesn't get them anymore. But I mean, cold rooms. Just saying, like, let's talk about those for a second. <laughs> but, uh, put down the camera. Honestly, if you get a weather warning, I think at that point it's like worry less about your social media presence or postings and just head into the shelter. And uh, yep. so I think by the time it starts up and finishes off, it won't be uh, a long, long time. So, yep. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah the, go ahead. I was going to throw out there another, another thing to keep an eye on is just weather radar, right? There, there's apps out there for your, for your phone and there's other, there's websites and such as well uh, where you can keep an eye on the radar and see for yourself, get a, a good idea of what's coming in what's coming your way. Um, it's it's always there's always ways to look at that and there's different apps you can do for that as well. And DM Davy mentions the Amber Alert. I think do they do Amber Alerts for weather as yeah. well? No, it's not an Amber Alert. It's just uh, an emergency alert. So a lot of people confuse them for the same thing. Amber Alert is for missing kids, uh, but it, it operates in the same fashion where it's just a, a, a page out to mobile devices. It goes over the radio, goes over the TV. Uh, same same function, different name. Brown. Um, yeah, and also, let's see here, uh, wrong one. Danny, or Denny mentions yep. uh, mobile weather radio, uh, yep. walkie-talkie style, godsend for us. Yeah, no, I mean, yep. obviously, any sort of mobile radio, crank radio that you can get that has weather channels, it's yep. awesome, especially if you're sitting in your cold room. It's nice to get the update on the well, weather. 
even your even your FRS radios that you can grab at uh, Canadian Tire or wherever tend to have those frequencies programmed into them. There's just a certain button combination you have to push on them, and then it'll activate that, and uh, it'll pick up the repeater in your area. So they're, they're definitely handy to have because it's going to give you lots of information. So two schools of thought on this. Um, some guys just want to grab the uh, bug out bag and go, but mm-hmm. assuming you don't have to have time to do so. Like, I mean, it'd be great if you just grab your bug out bag, go, and then like run to, I don't know, your mother-in-law is 30 miles down the road. Okay, that's fine. Um, and if you do, make sure you have like a USB stick of a dox with it, including your insurance papers on you to make sure your your insurance <laughs> claim is easier when you get back. Yep. Um, as well as videos of your valuables and listings yep. and everything else. But anyways, moving along. Um, if you actually had this discussion with the wife, like there's a couple of schools of thought. I mean, you go to the cold room, every house in Ontario seems to have a cold room, right? Yep, pretty much. And, and of course you go in there and it's the only like concrete on all sides, kind of reinforced building, usually underneath a deck or something. So it's got like super duper strong walls and, and ceiling and everything else. Um, there's a chance, yes, you're going to be sheltered from the storm, but there's a chance you'd get stuck in there, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I guess the idea being as much like a, you know, the old fallout shelters. Yeah. You're going to want to food, water, the ability to poop in there, uh, maybe a whistle to, to get some attention if people don't know you're in there. Yep. Uh, a radio to receive weather reports, but also cell phone to send out signals if you can to let them know that you're still alive under there. Uh, backup phone charger, a flashlight, the, the usual stuff, but I guess you might be there for a while. So if you go into the shelter, plan to be there a while. 100%. A couple of other things I, uh, I've i got on my list here for things you might want to have. Uh, hard hats. You know, yeah. Things might be falling. You, know, you can grab some hard hats. They're, they're not overly expensive. That's your kit. Uh, earplugs, because if that tornado does come through, it's going to be loud. Uh, so that might uh, might help protect your uh, your hearing. Um, Ian, you already touched on pre-event photos of your doomstead and documented serial numbers of any kind of uh, electronic devices. That just helps with the, the insurance claim down the road to prove that you have the things you claim you have. Um, high visibility vests as well, something so you can be seen. I know we, we talk a lot about blending in and not being seen, uh, but this is a time where you actually want to be seen. Um, flashlights, gas shutoff tool, something else. If, uh, if there's some gas lines damaged in, your, in and around your house, you have the ability to turn it off. That can help. And of course, a trauma kit or a little um, IFAC is just assume people are going to be hurt. You know, that's a good point with the hearing uh, protection too, because uh, I was talking to my mom about this a long time ago, and she was saying that like she grew up in rural Saskatchewan, like southeast of Regina, so they, they actually did have tornadoes there a fair amount, and uh, much like Kansas type of thing. And yeah, she said it sounded like a freight train going by, like it was just that loud. Yep. And um, so yeah, there was, a, it was just screaming loud. So they'd be in their, their root cellar, and still they would be like super duper loud on them. So that's kind of my, my thoughts on at least what kind of kit you should be carrying or, or having ready. Yeah. Um, so regardless, Jeff, you got anything to add? Um, yeah, I kind of, uh, along that line, I mean, like I said, monitor the weather, be ready, don't get caught off guard. Um, use the duck theory. So it's downstairs under something strong in the center of the building and keep away from windows. Um, you know, I know you guys mentioned, um, most, uh, houses have a basement. If you don't, my house doesn't, um, find a middle room, get as low as possible, wrap yourself in a heavy blanket, uh, for some kind of, um, possible protection. It may or may not help you, but some people say, get in, get inside your bathtub and cover yourself up. 
Um, you mentioned about the, the room, you know, you get in the room, you can't get out, keep your cell phone uh, handy or right there so you can call for help if you get trapped under some debris. Well, the blanket will come in handy too because not only would it protect you from damage from stuff falling or puncturing stuff or whatever, but also if you go, somebody goes into shock, it's nice to have the blanket too, right? True. Yep. True. Yep. Josh has a good point in the live chat here. Uh, for the hard hat, make sure you get one with a side impact rating. Great point. Would I still be able to sing YMCA? Mm, questionable. I don't think you can sing it without the or with the hard hat or without it. So. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so uh, one thing I'm just going to mention as well is like, yeah, so you might not be home when this uh, all goes down. Yep. So say if you are at work at Zares doing your grocery shopping or whatever and the tornado hits, uh, you might not have the ability to get back to your house or your subdivision because... Yep. Um, if tornado hits, you know, not even your house, but like two houses down, they're going to block off the subdivision. They're not going to let anybody in because they can be worried about gas and water mains yep. having damage. Even if they're not damaged, they're probably going to shut them down anyway because they're worried about leakages and potentially fire hazards and everything else. Obviously, you could be on the other side of town and still get affected by it in the simple form of a power outage. Yep. Um, you know, that thing rolls through a substation, I'd say a good chunk of any town is going to be in for a world of hurt for uh, the power for at least a few days anyway. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's usually when it's hot and sticky out too. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah how hot is it there today, by the way? Uh, it's, it's hot enough. Oh God. Yeah. We're like yep. we're still pretty bad. I think we're pushing 30, but Oh God. Anyway. I think it was 29, but the humid X was up like 35. What button do I push here to kick Ian out? Uh, any button you like. <laughs> I, I, I will just go if you want. No, no, stick around. All right. Um, yeah, the other thing I was just going to mention, too, as a side note, if you are going to be living in tornado country and, you know, communications is obviously a problem, especially, like, for example, when I'm trying to get a hold of my buddy, uh, I didn't even bother trying to phone because I figured the phone lines would be busy. But I texted him back and forth, made sure we're okay. And um, But maybe have a long-distance alternate location, uh, not just to bug out to if, if need be, but also for third-party comms. So, like, usually it's easier to phone out of province or out of, you know, even out of country, that is to phone within your same town sometimes, depending on how you're working your landlines or cell phones or anything else. So maybe just an idea of having like uh, maybe the mother-in-law who lives in a different province, she can like, you know, pass messages back and forth if you can't contact each other. Um, just something that might not be affected by the same uh, communications out as you will be. So just as a thought there, uh, having yep. a, a wide area mag, so to speak. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, um. And that's pretty much all I had. I had another link for uh, getprepared.gc.ca and I put the link in there that specifically deals with tornadoes, but actually it's it's pretty pretty wimpy. There's not a whole lot on there, but it's better than nothing, I suppose. Um, live chat now as well. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all I had, though, yeah. for tornadoes. Yeah. So I've, I've got a couple of things here um, on top of all the equipment that you should, should have. Uh, Pre-plan where you're going to go and how you're going to get there. Uh, of course, don't mention it to Jeff because he'll just come here and steal all my stuff. So I'm not going to tell him. And he's already advertised <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't have advertised it, Jeff. I'm ready for you now. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, practice tornado drills with family members and the kiddos, right? And make it fun because making it fun equals less scary in the actual event. But uh, it's important to, to practice those things because if, uh, if you're just going to say, oh, you know, we'll figure it out when the time comes, well... It's almost the same, same as, you know, practice using your gear that we preach all the time in the show. It's just, you know, have some drills, figure out where you're going to go, what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. And that way, you know, 
Yeah, I forgot to mention actually when the daughter was dealing the first aid there, um, poor girl had 14 staples in her head afterwards uh, wow. to, to patch her up. So you imagine the amount of blood floating around and luckily by being raised on a farm and taking first aid courses, it turned to be less of a deal. I thought she was going to be totally devastated by it, but it actually wasn't, it wasn't bad. So practicing ahead of time does make a difference. Absolutely does. Um, And then we already touched on having a plan if you're not at home, because chances are you're not going to be home when this happens just because that's the way it always works out. Right. So have have some kind of a backup plan, have an alternate plan for, for your family members and yourself. If you're not home, if this happens, where do we go? Who do we call? Who do we talk to? What do we do? Um, Read the survival medicine handbook by Dr. Alton. It might be a book club book. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it's a good, it gives you a good foundation in how to deal with some, some medical distress when you don't have a whole lot of options available to you. And if, if a tornado is coming through and it's a devastating one, it's going to lock up medical resources. It's going to lock up hospitals and the stuff that's in that book might help you out to at least get you to a hospital or, or, or sta- help stabilize yourself or, or somebody else until help can get to you. Cause it's, they're going to be overwhelmed. Uh, what to look for. Uh, those are some, uh, some other important things because you're going to want to know what you're dealing with. So like dark greenish clouds, large hail, uh, the obvious, if you see a funnel cloud, you know, if you see one with sharks in it, well, you're done. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> 2021 has brought its worst. And yeah, just stop and admire it for as long as you can. And yeah. Well, that uh, one in Emerson that I sat through, um, you know, you, you nailed it, dark greenish clouds and bright pink clouds and mm-hmm. definitely unusual. And I mean, considering that's like almost 40 years ago, I still remember it like it was yesterday. So, yeah, yeah I, when I was a, when I was a kid, we uh, actually at the same uh, camp that my mom has her trailer at. We were there when I was a kid and that uh, the Woodstock tornado, it's not far from Woodstock. And we were there for that. And like you say, it's uh, it's something I'll never forget. Like Eric said, it, it got just dark, dark. Like it was so dark that the the night lights were coming on, like that have the sensors. Uh, the night lights were coming on, um, and uh, but the funniest part of it was when it was all done and and it was and it was gone. Uh, you, you hear the old, you know. Usually after a storm, what do you hear? You hear in the frogs. You hear in the birds. You hear. There was nothing. Like literally, the 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 comment of hearing you could hear a pin drop was absolutely so true. There was no noise whatsoever. There was nothing. Birds weren't chirping, frogs, it, like it it's just it was so eerie. Uh like you say, Ian, it was it was years ago and I'll never forget it. Yeah, so I think it's important that you you just kind of know what's coming your way, especially if you don't have any kind of early warning system that's been sent out, like that that alert that we get on our phones or any kind of alert over radio or television. If you start seeing things like that, it's time to start thinking, well, let's look into our tornado plan here because something bad's coming our way. Um, speaking of all those other options, uh, weather radar, like I mentioned, um, the app that I use is called Instant Weather. I think you use it as well, Jeff. Um, they've got a good free app uh, and a paid option as well. And um, just just uh, a shout out to those guys if, you, uh, yeah. if you've ever... Uh, popped into it or or, or listened to it. The uh, the guy actually that runs it lives in Barrie, and they called um, on their on their. They were actually live streaming at the time. Yep. Um, and for the Barrie tornado, he called rotation six yep. minutes before Environment Canada put out the tornado warning for Barrie. 
So anybody that had that app had like an extra six minutes to find somewhere to go. And they're fantastic. Their free app gives you access to weather radar. Um, it's only, I think, about an hour or two of data, but it's it's still good. Um, yep. And you can upgrade. I think their 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 highest priced one is like twelve ninety nine for the year, and it gives you all kinds of options. But I just run with the free one, and it's done me well, and it's given me all kinds of tips and hints as to what's coming my way. Uh, so it's it's a good one to check out. Uh, Freya Frey mentions to uh, have a plan to help the elderly or disabled neighbors uh, too. Yep. Um, Good point. Yeah, yep. no, they're, they're not just for eating during the apocalypse. They're uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. They, uh, honestly, yeah, like uh, just as a, not just a good neighbor thing, but obviously, would they do it for you? Of course. So, if you have somebody that's maybe not able to move as fast, maybe they get caught caught up upstairs during a thing and never hurts to check on them, and yep. maybe you might be the first person on scene with first aid too. So, yep. And that's actually, before I even forget about that, on a side note, Scott did mention uh, to talk about flying debris and broken glass. Uh, yep. So obviously a lot of laceration issues. Oh yeah, it's going to be a thing for sure. Um, another tip I had here was just if you're trying to determine the path of the tornado, so if you are able to see it and you're out of your house or whatever and you're trying to figure out what the best way to go is, you can use a fixed object in the horizon to give you kind of a gauge of what direction it's, it's heading. Uh, chances are you don't want to, you're not going to have time to run if it's coming at you, it's coming fast but it might give you a second or two to figure out what direction the, the thing's going because it's it's going to be hard to determine just staring at it, but use the fixed object should help you out. But hopefully you're not ever in that situation because I, I wouldn't want to be there. And if it's not moving and just getting bigger, well, then you got bigger problems. Yeah, and if there's sharks, well, it's 2021. Yeah. Yeah. That's my well, list. Well, um, a lot of the stuff I had was covered. Obviously, you know, we, we've all said it. Monitor the weather. Be ready. Don't get caught off guard. Um, Ian mentioned, you know, if you're out, um, you may not be able to get back into your house. But remember, if you're in your house, you may not be able to get out. Um, maybe if the, like you said, if the tornado doesn't touch your house, but it runs directly across the road, that is your only way out. Chances are you're going to be there for a few days until um the crews can get in as, as, as long as you're not injured you're going to be pretty far down the list for for them to get in and clear out all the debris and clear the the down trees and and everything else so make sure that your your stocks are up make sure you've got food you've got water in case uh you like i say you can't get out or the help can't get in and um I just threw a quick link in there it's uh it's actually like i said i don't have a basement so it's actually something i'm looking at uh, I'm going to, like uh, Alan, I'm going to have to do my garage, redo my garage in a few years, and I'm looking at possibly putting a small um, storm shelter under my garage. So there's a company in, in Toronto there that, believe it or not, sells um, stealth storm shelters. So they're small, nice. you know, four or five, maybe maximum six-person shelters. Yep. Obviously, dig a hole under your garage or whatever building, drop it in there, fill it in, build over top of it. Nobody's even going to know it's there. Except the whole world because you just told them. Well, yeah, well, that's the, that's <laughs> that, 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 of course, that's where I'd put the hot tub too. So you can have hot tub oh, yeah, parties down there. Absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. And once you get that in, you don't have to come here and steal all my stuff. That's good. I'm going to steal it anyway. Just for I know, no, of course. Yeah. I know <laughs> you are. <laughs> uh, so Josh in the, uh, the live chat says uh, this topic is the, uh, the greatest of timing. Uh, he's moving up this way. So most of this will be put into action after the move. So glad we could help you out a bit, Josh. Welcome well, the last the thing, 
one thing about that too, though, is of course uh, a lot of places in Barry, Sandy, Lake Bottom, basically, is what you're building on. So sump pumps are an issue because the sump mm-hmm. pumps have to run continuously to keep the basement from flooding. So yep. if you do shelter in the basement and you do have a power outage, now you got flooding to worry about as well. So keep in mind that's also an issue. That's a good point. Uh, yep. Anyway. Now the real question is: Is do tornadoes cause carbon monoxide? I know Alan would want to know, uh, but he's not here because he ditched us tonight. Fire nados? Yeah, I don't know. Fire nados. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just figured right. I'd add that in there for him. Yep. So is we it did. time to move on to the podcast challenge, guys? I think it is. All right. So if you are in uh, Tornado Alley. So basically in Ontario, that kind of runs anywhere. Grand Valley, as they say, all the way over to Barrie down in uh, southern Ontario, like deep the deep southwest, London, Chatham, that area that seems to get a lot of them. Um, put some basics uh, in a cold room or some other room and have something uh, down in your storm cellar if uh, you get uh, to be ready and prepared. Yeah, but tornado country, of course, also applies to the entire prairies south of the North Saskatchewan River. So, I mean, like, <laughs> that's, that's a good swath of the country as well. Like, they get tons of them over there. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, Jeff, do you know the name of that uh, storm cellar place? There's a couple of people asking in the live chat. Uh, yeah, I put it in there. It's called, uh, so the, the website, it's it's KI, so uh, Kilo India, KI Canada, one word, dot com. And then uh, backslash stealth slash shelters. Um, they got it in the show or in the uh, the live chat here now. Okay. Yep. And um, yeah, they've got they've got all kind. Like I say, they've got all kinds of different size ones, and um, it's uh, something I'm I'm looking at. So, That's a smart idea. Yeah. Mainly to keep you away from my place. <laughs> I, I like my things. <laughs> keep locked in there anyway. <laughs> Oh, I didn't think about that. We could just lock him in there. Yeah, it's yeah, true. Just drive a truck over top of the entrance or something. That's a good, good point. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> and All mailman right. made a nice uh, mailman made a nice little comment there. In the spirit, in the spirit of the Olympics and the tornadoes, practice the fifty meter dash. Yeah. Although I'm thinking yeah. fifty meters isn't going to get you out of the way, but nope. When all else fails, feet don't fail me. Yep, you can try. We have some upcoming events. Well, it's the standard ops until we hear anything different, but uh, Maple Seed events are still on the go since COVID restrictions have been relaxed. Uh, definitely in BC and Alberta, I do believe Ontario's actually opened up some extra ones in Stittsville, and I can't remember one other range, I think, but uh, so they are out there. Uh, MapleSeedRifleBin.com slash events. Sign up. Make yourself a better shooter. Maybe shoot at the tornadoes. No, that's the Americans. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> When in doubt, yeah. Yep. We've got the deal of the week. Brought to you by Better Andrew from the Canadian Patriot Podcast. Uh, it is a four-pack of brake cleaner aerosol for uh, four ninety-seven at Costco, um, which is awesome. Usually it's like four ninety-seven a piece everywhere else. So uh, they are good for cleaning your brakes and Cosmoline for reasons. <laughs> I was just going to say. Yeah, so... Uh, on RedFlagDeals.com is the uh, the link, but also just, yeah, go check out Costco.ca. I'm sure you're going to see the uh, the deal there as well. Thanks in the live chat as well. Right on. All right, we're moving to some shout-outs. 
So a quick shout out to listener Darren, uh, still continuing with the completion marathon of podcast challenges. Uh, yeah, the emails are just flying in from him. Um, anything from fire extinguishers, vehicle equipment, flooding prevention, cast iron implementations, uh, you name it, he's looking after it. So Jeff had his way, not my way. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that was awesome. Like I, when I saw those emails, I was like, way to oh, go, Darren. Yeah. Like he's just, yeah. he's just slaying it. So that's oh, uh, awesome. Yeah. And he's like doing that. it well too. Maybe we should get him on here every week to talk about what he's done lately for preps. I think we should. Uh, double the show. You might have some competition, competition there, Ian. Yeah. Pretty perfect. I like that. Yeah. It's healthy. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> and as for myself, I got a shout out for the uh, champion generator people. Um, once again, like, you know, they always say champion jennies are cheap and loud and obnoxious and everything else. But hey, they sell them everywhere. They're, they are inexpensive. But my goodness, their website is fantastic. Their shipping is fast. And they, unlike most generator suppliers, they actually have parts available, um, especially with the supply crunches nowadays. So I can't say enough about them. So kudos to the Canadian distributor for Champion Jenny. Nice. Oh. All right. We move into uh, email and iTunes reviews. Okay, I guess I'll cover this one. Uh, we got one from John. It's uh, short and sweet. It says, uh, how are you all planning to preserve ice hockey in the face of global warming? Continue your excellent podcast. It's a great question. Uh, roller skate hockey. Yeah, just going to have to do that. Don't need ice for it. Yeah, or yeah. we just like attach like razor blades to hockey sticks and make the pucks flaming or something. I don't know. We, we could do that, yeah. yeah improvise, or, adapt, overcome, man. You know, I guess the arenas kind of keep the ice cold in the summer, so I guess it works. Honestly, if, if, I, if uh, uh, Dubai can have a skating rink and a ski hill indoors, I'm sure we can too. Yep, but it, it's an important thing to think about because if we lose hockey, well, that'd just be terrible. Uh, fun fact, more people in Canada shoot competitively and for sport than play golf or play hockey in Canada. Well, you just ruined that stereotype. Yep. Well, with that, I'll bring episode 125 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. You can find uh, the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or of course your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out, submit a review. It helps other people find us, and you can even listen while you're playing hockey. All right, uh, we record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the show, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Purple Podcast, and click the notifications tab. That gives you alerts when we're going live. And if you want to contact me, uh, I can be reached just at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right on. Doing the green man thing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, if you want to get a hold of Ian, you can reach me directly by emailing me at theislandretreat at gmail.com and on Gab and Odyssey at the Island Retreat. Uh, you can also find me on Canadian Patriot Podcast on iTunes, YouTube, and in the Discord group called, well, Canadian Patriot Podcast. Email us if you want an invite. Uh, it's a fun group. There's probably about 80 of us now chatting back and forth and talking about our marches and everything else. There you can find us discussing why government waste in society makes me realize there's no place like home. <laughs> well done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, please check out Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com. You can get me there on the live chat while uh, purchasing some prepper gear. Uh, you can email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. So thanks for joining us this evening. Until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning.